Welcome to Focused on Forward. The purpose of this podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Focused on Forward. Today we're going to talk with Patty Shaw about her journey through breast cancer, uh, a very personal topic for many uh, and a very uh, scary topic for many. But uh, Patty's going to talk about her journey through it, how it affected her, her family, and how uh, collectively both her and her family chose to remain focused on forward. Now, as a little bit of a backstory, I've known Patty for a very long time in my life. Her uh, husband, Marty, I've known since I was about six or seven years old. And uh, so her family is very close to me. And uh, so this is, for me, is a very personal topic as well. Uh, but Patty, we're very thankful to have you on today. Thank you for being willing to come on and talk about your journey and share your story. Oh, well, thank you for having me. All right. So whenever you're comfortable and getting started going, we'll, uh, we'll be here and listening. I was diagnosed with breast cancer in October of 2018. We had moved, just moved to Kansas in March of 2018 for, uh, we felt was a better move for our family. And then in October, when I got that diagnosis, I was really scared and worried because we had no family out here except Marty's brother and his wife. And um, so I was afraid of what I was going to be going through and totally devastated that we have probably made the wrong move. But um, I loved it out here and I wasn't going to move back to our, to Michigan. I just wanted to stay here in Kansas. But anyway, when I was diagnosed with cancer, I, um, I felt totally let down. I felt like I was letting my husband down. I wasn't looking forward to the things I was going to have to go through to to get better. But I had a good good group of friends that we have met that helped me through it too. So just a quick question. Why did you feel like you had let your husband down with that diagnosis? Because I do a lot. Um he worked so hard and I feel like I just need to be around in the house to keep everything up. So he's got clean clothes and hot food. And, and I knew that with medication that I was going to have to be taking and the surgeries that I was going to be undergoing, that he was going to be the one that was going to have to take care of me. And I'm, I'm the caretaker. I always have felt that way. <laughs> I don't like having to have people take care of me all the time. Okay, fair enough. So how did you come to the point of the, of the diagnosis? Um, how did you discover that there was a need to, to get a diagnosis? Well, I 
because breast cancer runs in our family, there's a family history of it. And so I always make sure that I would check myself. And when I was in the shower one day, I found a lump and went to the doctor and he sent me right over to the women's health center where they did a biopsy on it and told me it was breast cancer. And within less than a month from then, I had um, major surgery. I had a double mastectomy with reconstruction and um, had lymph nodes removed. So actually, I was diagnosed to stage 2B, whatever the B means, but stage 2 breast cancer. And because of the, the aggressiveness of that type of cancer, they opted to do the, the bilateral mastectomy with reconstruction to get all of that out of my system at once. Okay, so to prevent the spread, make sure that it, that it wasn't going to go anywhere else in the body then. Exactly. Yep, they um, did that in that way. Um, and right after my lump, my uh, lymph nodes were taken out, they did a PET scan. Actually, it wasn't a PET scan. It was called a, uh, they did a CAT scan and an MRI because the insurance didn't want to pay for a PET scan at that time. Um, but it showed that at that time, there was no cancer in my body. Um, so you could say then I was cancer free, but I still had to go through a year of chemotherapy and radiation treatments just to make sure that all the little cells were killed anywhere else in my body. Okay, so kill off, irradiate anything else that could have possibly been, been around. Exactly. Yep, that was a hard a hard time because my first four months I had to have really strong chemotherapy. I had four different types of medications that they infused in me. And I had to go three times a week and it took all afternoon. So it took like my appointment might be at one o'clock and I'd walk out of there at four thirty. So it took a long time. So I had Marty set up uh, different friends to take me so my mom didn't have to take me all the time, even though she felt like she had to because she has the same, I want to take care of everybody syndrome. <laughs> yes, she does. It's, one of your mother, it's both yours and uh, your mother's one of your finer qualities, I will say. <laughs> so... Um, but mom and dad came and spent um, anywhere from three to five months with us and took care of me so Marty could go to work. And I had friends and my mom take me to the doctor and to my chemotherapy treatments. Um, and they sat with me even when I wasn't feeling good. They would come over and sit and I would sleep on the couch or, and they might do a load of laundry or wash the dishes or something to make me feel like I didn't have to worry about anything that I I was being taken care of and food was being provided to our family at the same time. That's fantastic. It's always good to have good friends around to help. Yes. And 
I couldn't believe the support of our friends. They were awesome because they would call me out of the blue and say, do you feel like having company or, um, like I said, they would come and sometimes I would sleep on the couch and they would just sit in the room so I wouldn't be alone. So it really encouraged me because, um, I wasn't feeling good. And back then, I don't remember a whole lot of that strong chemotherapy. After that first four months, I was taken off of the three strongest, well, I shouldn't say the three strongest, the three worst affecting chemotherapies and had to finish taking one for the rest of the year, which I finished January 20th of this year. Okay. So well, you've been in remission then since effect, technically since January of this year then, correct? Yes. Yep. They did a PET scan this year and no cancer cells have been found in my body. Um, everything is good and I'm on the up and up. Even better. Okay. So right. exactly. So I think, and we talked about this the other night, but one of my favorite pictures of you during this whole time was I actually wasn't a picture I think it was a video um, that somebody had posted of you ringing the cancer free bell on Instagram yes I actually got to ring the cancer bell three times um, for each step that I had moved forward and accomplished so when I was done with my heavy chemotherapies I got to ring the bell and then after my 35 radiation treatments, I got to ring the bell. And then in January, when I was completely finished with my chemotherapy and had my PET scan done, I got to ring the bell. So every, every step or accomplishment, it was, I got to look forward to ringing that bell and say, I did it. And that had so much support around the, um, with the nurses and, and doctors and stuff too. So it was, it was a hard time, but they help you through it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now talking or thinking rather about your, your chemotherapy and having to go through that, um, Many people talk about the physical toll that chemotherapy takes uh, on the body. What were some of the, other than exhaustion, what were some of the other reactions that you had to go through? Well, I didn't want to eat. Um, nothing tasted good. The only thing that I ever wanted was a sonic water um, with the mango and peach flavorings in it. I craved that, and sometimes even that didn't taste good, but I lost 30 pounds throughout my chemotherapy, which I have gained now 15 back. Um, not that I really wanted to gain that back, because I could have lost that and been fine. But right, you've been okay with that, sure, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> who wouldn't? <laughs> but um, the flavor of the food it might have sounded good when they said, oh, we're bringing this over, or when my mom would make something, oh, yeah, that sounds good, but the minute I put it in my mouth, I could not eat it, and then I felt bad because I wasn't eating what they were bringing me, so um, 
but I just sure. couldn't, I just, the flavor, everything tasted like metal. It, poison was going in my body and it wasn't letting anything else, it let me enjoy anything else. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that and if it was because of the uh, uh, change in, in taste, because I had read about that as well and with, with certain ones going through chemotherapy and changing uh, with those type of changes that it, it caused a, a change in their palate. And so not being able to eat things that they would have once loved to have eaten uh, or favorite things that they weren't able to, to stomach those at, any, at, at that point. Right. That was, that was actually the case. It was, like I said, my brain kept telling me, oh, it sounds really good, but my stomach and my tongue was saying, nope, not good today. So I ate a lot of Jello. I um, drank a lot of chicken soup. Um, every once in a while, I would crave a tuna, a little bit of tuna with some crackers, but even that wasn't good. So um, I did what I had to do to to keep a little bit of protein in me and moved along. And then after my hard chemotherapy, the um, other chemo that I had to be on for the rest of the year ended up, my, my taste came back. So food started tasting better for me. And then that's when I was like, oh, this is so good. I can't believe I missed out on it. And that's how I gained my 15 pounds back. Well, rediscovery of good things to eat. That's, that's bound to happen. Yep. <laughs> okay. So now I know that, and for those who are listening, who aren't aware, uh, one of the other uh, complications from your chemo that was from your chemo, I believe or you, you did begin losing your hair, correct? Yes. I lost all of my hair. Uh, when did I do that? In March, all of my hair fell out. Uh, I had a couple of wigs I didn't like, um, just for the fact that even with the stocking that you put on your bare head to protect yourself from the netting that they're made out of, they itch really bad and they're hot. Even though I was freezing all the time, it was just too hot and itchy for me to wear. So I wore those little scarves that uh, cancer patients wear to cover my head and um, but now if you would see me you wouldn't realize that I hadn't had any hair because all my hair came back it's a little different it's soft like real fine hair and um, it's all darker than it was before I had cancer I had a little gray hairs in there and stuff like that I have no gray hair now and um, it's darker and my husband says it's a lot prettier than it was before because it has its own curl too. Oh, there you go. I, I, hey, if you're going to find a silver lining in it, you might as well take it. I know, right? You got to find the silver lining in it. Otherwise, you, you worry about, um, it, you just bring yourself down. If you don't have a positive attitude, you, you have to stay positive throughout. Otherwise, if you don't have a positive attitude, you're just going to shrink away and and leave everybody high and dry without you around. So I wasn't going to let that happen. I was going to make sure that I survived. 
I am a survivor and I have a couple of t-shirts that a very close friend of mine made for me that <laughs> I wear quite often. And so, um, yeah, it's been a long road, but, and I still have to take medications, um, hormone blockers because the type of cancer I had grew with my hormones that your body makes naturally. So they don't want those hormones floating around in my body to attach to any other cells and make more cancer cells somewhere else. Okay. So I do have to stay on that for five years and there's drawbacks to that too, but they're small sure. compared to what I went through. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about, because you had mentioned this, we, we, we kind of touched on it a little bit, uh, the mental emotional aspect of going through cancer. So in October of 2018, when you're talking with the doctor, uh, you said you were devastated, but what was the what was it like to hear those words come out of your doctor's mouth? Um, I had a feeling that that's what he was going to tell me, but when the words came out of his mouth, I immediately started crying. I um, I was already on depression medication um, that's carried down in the family line, also. But they took me off one depression medication and put me on a different one because they thought that would help me better to cope with what I was going to go through. And I'm still on that same depression medication because it does help me even now um, with anxiety. I have also, also to take anxiety pills, which I never, ever had to take before because I was so anxious about what my next hour was going to bring to me. Am I going to get sick? Am I going to fall down? Am I going to lose my, because you lose your balance. Your, your head isn't on. It's, it's almost like your head's not on straight and you have, they call it chemo brain. Once you've started taking chemo and it takes forever to get rid of chemo brain. So there you forget things things that were just told to you, you turn around and you do the same conversation over again. And I look at Marty, my husband, and I'm like, did I just say that to you again? And he'll say, yes, you did. And, but he just lets it go. It's good. No problem. So, but yeah, it was very devastating to hear the doctor say those words. Um, but they also said, you're strong and healthy and you can make it through it. So they had a positive attitude. It started there helping me see that I could have a positive attitude about getting over this stretch, this journey of my life. Okay. So it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to buy into it. How long would you say it took you to buy into the aspect that, that I can do this, I can beat this, I can defeat this? Because for some, uh, it's not for, you know, because of when they're going through, from what I, what I read, uh, you know, going through their, th their treatments, their therapies, um, if, if there's any type of regression, it's hard for them to continue to ha maintain that positivity. How long did it take for you to be able to buy in and say, yes, this is what I'm going to do? I think um, during my... 
I don't know, probably because I had surgery in November, December, January. I started chemo in December. So probably halfway through my first heavy rounds of chemo, maybe the February or March. Yeah, he watched that very carefully. <laughs> I realized that I'm not going anywhere. And every time I saw the doctor, which was every three weeks or so, they were taking care of me and I was, I was doing good. I did have end up with a blood clot in my leg. And then, um, and they said that was also from the chemotherapy and from being sedentary because I, if I got up to do anything, I would lose my balance or forget what I was going to do. So I would lay down. Um, well, that makes sense. I don't think I've ever really heard of people going through chemo and then, you know, going out for a jog later. So, uh, right, it's, it's so right. taxing, it's so taxing on the body. So, right. And, um, then in March, I ended up in the hospital and had blood clots in each lung. So I spent five days in the hospital and they, um, said that my blood thinner that I had been on wasn't working. So they had to change my blood thinners. Um, that was more taxing on me, I think, than the chemotherapy was because I had to go in every week and get my blood tested. And I, it wasn't a pill that I had to take. I had to do two shots every day, one in the morning and one at night. So for a month, I was taking shots that and I would bruise so easily and those things I think that was more worrisome to me than anything because you couldn't tell for sure if your blood clots were gone or if they were healed or splitting off and going somewhere else or so that was a worry that was a, a hidden worry in there that um I didn't like so I was on warfarin actually until the summer, um, the blood thinner, a pill they finally got me on. And so I had, you can eat salad and green vegetables that I totally love. Um, so I had to have another diet, special diet for that medication. But I finally got off of those um, in May of this year. And everything looked up after that. I Once I was taken off of those pills, I felt like I wasn't tied down to anything. I just, it made me feel better. But there's always complications to something. And, and I know the other day when we were talking, I didn't say anything about my blood clots because I forgot. <laughs> Duh. But. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, but that know. was another hurdle I had to overcome and because my that makes your the chemotherapy also makes your blood count go way down and so they were worried about my blood count and because of my um beliefs I don't take a blood transfusion I told them no I'm gonna make it go up on my own and so I did Marty and I did research and found out that different dried fruits make your blood count go up it helps your blood build up um, also different beans, types of beans will help it and proteins. 
So we made sure to have those things around the house. So if I needed a snack or something or a couple bites of something, I could have that instead of sugar because I haven't been craving sugar either. But um, the that helped my blood. And so the last time I went to the doctor, which was in June, he said my blood count was back up to 12 and it had been all the way down under six. So, and they don't like it down that low, no, but he was, no, really happy. <laughs> he was really happy with that. And, and I about jumped off the chair when he told me what it was. I was, I was so happy that I did it on my own. Yeah. The body's amazing thing. If we allow it the opportunity to, to kind of fix itself and we, you know, the, you think about the change of diet and the things that you added in, uh, the proteins and, and things that you were eating to help you. Uh, there's lots of things that will help the body boost itself if we give it the, the nudge it needs. Right. Exactly. And that was one of the main things I, I tried to focus on after I started feeling better was making sure that my family and I were eating healthier. So and so they were like, oh, we're going to have this for dinner. Okay, cool. That sounds good. So we had a lot of chicken. We did eat more fish, um, which isn't their favorite, but they never complained about anything that was on the agenda for food um, because they know that it was helping me. Did you at any time try and sneak some peas in for Marty? Uh, no, he watched that quite carefully. <laughs> I had to ask. Um, <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so other than so, what other changes did you find that you had to make in your everyday life uh, in order to accommodate yourself through this process? Other than well, clearly, I, there was a change of diet that had to happen. But what other changes did you make? I had to make sure that I laid down on a regular basis and slept because your body heals when you sleep and it it does a body good is all I can say I would walk to the we have a very long driveway so I would walk out to the fence and walk back every day that I could I would try to get a little bit of exercise and then I made it out to the mailbox which is the long driveway and I I did that for my exercise, walk to the mailbox and back. And I even rode my, my bike down there every once in a while if I felt like I had enough energy to pedal. So um, making okay. sure I got a little exercise and got enough sleep and, and just took care of me, not worried about everybody else, which was hard for me to do, but knowing that they were there for me and the positive attitude I was receiving from my family and friends and just knowing that I was being taken care of so I could just focus on getting better. Okay. So focusing on diet, exercise as, as able, some, you know, getting proper rest. So yeah, feeding your body, giving it what it needed. Okay. So yep. What have you noticed are the biggest changes since in your lifestyle since that point till now? So after we're, we're coming out of the, uh, you know, out of the cancer stage, we're in remission. What's the biggest change that you've noticed in the last, we'll say, eight months? Uh, 
for yourself health wise? Well, I don't have the energy that I used to have. I don't um, like to go everywhere and be on the go all the time. I like to be home and I'm not always warm. So even on a 90 degree day, I have a blanket with me if I do go somewhere and we're near air conditioning. Um, but I have noticed that the longer I go, the farther away I get from that, the more energy I do have, the more, more exercise I can do and play with my grandkids when they come to visit and have more fun. So my fun time is coming back and my, I just, I just feel better. Everything just feels better. Okay. Well, that's, that's a fair assessment of things. So one of the things I ask uh, every one of my guests is if you were to take this whole experience and not to truncate it down to one sentence or one, one thing, but if there's one silver lining, there's one shining star of, of information that you gained out of all of this, what would you say it is? Um, depend on your family and friends. Don't do it alone. You won't make it. Um, but the positive and surround yourself with positivity because any negativity, like, I mean, even now through the COVID, any negativity will bring you down, but you need the positive encouragement from family and friends and, um, to help with with your situation so that you can plow through it and put yourself on the other side and say i've accomplished that i feel better i'm and just keep on going make another small step for yourself and meet that step and keep on going it's like anything else that you need to have a goal for to accomplish okay lots well, of I like that. I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that, that uh, we try to focus on with this podcast even is, is the power of positivity and, and finding a way to navigate yourself around life circumstances. So I think that, uh, I think you've clearly demonstrated, you know, how you navigated around it with your help from your, your family, your friends, the support group you had around you. Um, you know, I think that those are all, uh, very interesting things. So a question for you now with uh, just real quick and as, as we uh, get ready to conclude up here, and this is just for my own purposes, because I think um, when we had talked about this before, we had talked about there was a difference between chemo and radiation. The, the, oh, I, yeah. I, I heard that correctly, didn't I? There's that there, because I think a lot of people think chemo, they automatically think radiation. They think they're the same thing. But just for those of us who are, have not had to go through this uh, set of circumstances that you did, are they the same thing? And why, if not, why are they different? They are not the same thing. Um, chemotherapy is infused in your body through either a port or a vein in your arm every time you go in. I luckily had a port put in when they did my mastectomy because... They knew I was going to need it for every poke and prod that they would do. Until I had my Coumadin, then I had to have um, blood tests through my arms. But up until then, I could have my blood tests out of my port. Um, 
but radiation is more focused. It's like a sunburn. Um, they put you under a machine and they focus it in a certain area. Like where I had my cancer was mainly only on one side. So it was focused on that side. And then they would focus the last week of the radiation. I had 35 treatments. So it was seven weeks, five days a week that I had to go for radiation. So they would, it would focus on the scar tissue. So that was closest to where my tumor had been. Even though I had reconstruction, they focus on the skin and the scar tissue and the chest wall so that it, they can make sure that all of that is radiated and burns out any other uh, bad cells that are in, hidden in those areas. So we had talked about this before. I didn't realize that it was, I knew that you had said that there was 35 treatments. I didn't realize it was that intense at five, you know, five days a week for seven weeks. That's yeah. Wow. And I have fair skin and the doctors go, oh, you'll be fine. It's just going to feel like a little sun, a little sunburn, but you just put this cream on it. I did not just have a little sunburn. I had blisters and could not wear clothes. And so shirt would go on when it was time to go to the doctor and shirt would come off when it was, when I got home. There was no way I could wear any clothes. I wasn't working at the time. I wouldn't have been able to work. They would have, it, it just wasn't, wouldn't have been good because a lot of people go, why didn't you work through all of that? I couldn't. I was so weak. And then I had all oh, that radiation. No there was no way I could work. Yeah, there's no way you would have been able to do that. Yeah. I no. think as fair skinned as you are, I, I think we've made the joke before. Uh, in years past, <laughs> I think that you could get sunburned on a cloudy day. So, yes, I can. I have out here. The sun is totally different <laughs> in Kansas, too. So, it's like I can sit in the shade and get a sunburn. <laughs> I was saying that in jest, but that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, it is completely a different thing than. Uh, than chemotherapy, and and I thought that we had kind of talked about that the other the other day, but I, I couldn't remember uh, the exact specifics of it. Um, yeah. But, okay. So yeah. So it's a completely different thing. So I, I think that's helpful for our listeners to be able to understand that there is a difference in the treatment styles and and some of the things that have to happen between you know because oft, I think oftentimes and speaking for myself included. I think when, you know, we talk, people say, oh, I'm going to my chemotherapy. In my mind, oh, it's radiation. Or when they, people, I thought they were interchangeable for the longest time. And I don't think it was until you and I spoke the other night when I realized that there was a difference between the two. Because, oh, I, yeah. because other than you, I've never had anybody really close to me uh, have to deal with cancer uh, this up close and personal. So, right. um, you know, I've never, I've never had to deal with it or understand it. Uh, and even last year when you were, you know, when you guys were going through all of this, throughout this process, when we were in the hospital with my daughter. So, you know, my brain was focused on that, um, you know, and so, yeah, so even then I wouldn't have realized it. So, but. yeah, yep. It is two different things and both of them are, have their own trauma in their own way. So uh 
it's not a fun road, but it is a road that can be run successfully. Oh, and I'd say that you have run it successfully and we're, I'm, I'm happy that, and I know, you know, your, your husband, and I know that uh, your kids are all happy that you made it through your sisters and your family is all happy that you've made it through. Um, but, uh, you know, I think you're a good example of, of being positive and, and uh, fighting forward through it, even if it's, you know, may have, uh, it may have knocked you on your keister for a little bit, but I, I think you've shown what it takes to get up and fight. Thank you. I feel like I have too. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, there's, um, there's the, the uh, breast cancer survivor t-shirts and the I'm a fighter t-shirts. And, you know, I think people underscore or undersell really uh, how much a person has to fight uh, to be able to get through this, because I can tell you for sure, for certainly uh, I didn't understand how much people had, got, had to go through when, when they were, fighting cancer and their body is being ravaged by that and all that that you had to do to get through it so I think fighter warrior you can call yourself whatever you want you've earned it so <laughs> yep and just a little side note while I was going through it um I found out one two of my friends were going through it at the same time one in Michigan and one in Iowa and so we all kept tabs on each other they both kept tabs on me and I kept tabs on them and I we would see where everybody was in their treatments and I was behind them in treatments so I found out last that between the three of us that I had cancer so I was kind of trailing behind but I could see how they were being successful and the things that they were going through which helped me to know that something could happen or that I might have a reaction to that I could take I could take care of it's not something that to give up on oh, that's so I, I didn't know that that was the case either so you had yep. somebody to help you uh, course navigate that's fantastic Right. And so we send cards to each other. We stay in touch on through text message and Facebook message and stuff like that. So we can talk to each other, Snapchat, you know, stuff like that. So excellent. Yeah. I hope they're so doing everybody well can also. They are. They're um everybody says, Look at my hair, how long it is. And <laughs> <laughs> That's we awesome. All were we were all bald cue balls. That is all they were. <laughs> there you go. Hey, you know what? I think you have to, I think in every situation, you know, we said it earlier, you got to, you got to find the silver lining in things. But I also think you have to, in certain areas of life, even when it seems really dark and, and hard to come through things, I think you have to find ways to find humor. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, you can't always laugh at the really serious things, but the the side effect things, you know, um, you know, it, it may be hard at the moment, but being able to look back at it and, and have a laugh, I think is, I think it's healthy. I think it, right. I think it helps uh, the healing process, both emotionally and mentally. Yes, it does. Extremely. Okay. Well, excellent. Well, Patty, we've, we've enjoyed having you on the, our little show here today so much. Thank you for being a guest and talking You're about welcome. your experience. You're very welcome. Anytime.
All right. Well, I think that's going to conclude it today for us on Focused on Forward. Well, that concludes another episode of Focused on Forward. To be a guest of Focused on Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at podcastfof, through our Facebook page named Focused on Forward, or through email focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay focused on forward.